Okay, welcome back to Take Flight episode number seven. So you're here with myself, Olu, Shawal, Daniel, and Pabilo. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thank you. Everyone's had a good win? Sensational. Sensational. Great, great. So on this week's episode, we will be talking about giving back. So what does giving back mean to us? Talk about the importance of giving back. Then we're going to move to a hot topic, which is around credit, debt, especially in your 20s. So a lot of listeners have mentioned that they want to hear about this specific topic. So we thought it would be good to listen to that feedback and address some of these questions. And then lastly, we'll pass it on to Shua to go through the book recommendation this week. So Shua, what's the book that you're doing this week? Um, On the similar topic of our first topic of discussion about giving, this book is called Give and Take by Adam Grant. And yeah, it's just about helping others and how helping others can drive our own individual success. Dope. So listen up, stay tuned and let's get started. Okay, so let's open up to why is giving back important to you? What does it actually even mean to you? So, well, I know this is a big thing for you. Why don't you get the ball rolling? No, I think, you know, Daniel, you're not giving yourself enough justice, mate, because I know it's a huge thing for you. And fortunately, I think it's a big thing for all of us, actually. And I think for me personally, it's one of the more fulfilling parts of my life. The older I get, the more I realize that the more you give to people, that's actually the real satisfaction that I get. And that doesn't necessarily need to be financial things. It can be time. It can be advice. It can be food, it can be literally anything, but something that you're willing to give someone without any expectation to get anything back and you're doing it for the help of others. So that for me is essentially what giving back is in uh, in Myers. And the reason why I like it and why I enjoy it is because to be honest, it just makes makes me feel good. And I think growing up, seeing how my family operates and how they're always putting guests before their own needs, that's something which has translated into how I am as an adult. And I see that super benefiting my own life personally and professionally so yeah how about you Daniel yeah I'll definitely echo what you said uh I think there is no for me no greater satisfaction and I don't get any greater gratification in anything else other than giving back but for me the true gratification comes from not giving money but giving time because Mm. time is one thing that can't be bought you cannot put a price tag on it so I feel that that's the most valuable thing I can do in order to help others whether it's going to be with a volunteering project, whether it's spending time with a younger person, whether it's just even speaking to a friend and just giving your time, even if you don't even say anything in a phone conversation, yeah. but being there for them to listen and being that ear that truly does pay attention. And something that always sticks out to me is a quote by Les Brown. I'm not going to get into my quotes this week, just something that is very apposite. I think we're like is, two minutes in and you're already <laughs> dropping quotes. Yeah? No, okay. Something that's very apposite is Les Brown said, service is the rent we pay on earth for the space we take up. P, what would you say? Yeah, so for me, interesting, giving back is something which didn't always make sense. And, and we sh- I think we should go into that a little bit later. But but over time, um, as we saw, as I've sort of come, a- come across opportunities and made the most of opportunities, it's it's only made sense or it's only felt right to pass the opportunity on to others. So for me, a classic example would be in the case of mentoring, right? Um, and I think it's I think it's in each one of our journeys to to always pass on the advantage, open up the door for others. So it's it's something, and I and I and I truly believe 
we all have what we have is based on how much we've given. So mm. if you want more, it means you have to give more. Mm. Yeah, that's the, I, I completely agree. Completely I agree with that. Agree. agree. I don't want to echo anything that uh, the rest of you guys have said. I think I completely agree with um, why giving back is important. And I think it's pretty much aligned with how I feel. Um, but I want to switch up because um, there's different forms of giving. I think you've talked yeah. about time. What are other ways yeah. that you guys might particularly give back? Um, I know, P, um, I know, Daniel, you were saying that sometimes it's time, but sometimes it's all about financial. It's also financially providing or giving to someone yeah. as well. Yeah, so, I completely agree. So when I, I send you that you know, text message that I need a few funds, I just want to make sure that you've got the same <laughs> same energy. You got the same energy. Sure, because if for those who listened last week, we're talking about failures and. Olu was talking about some, you know, some Bitcoin and some um, cryptocurrency. Help <laughs> you, but as long as it's not one of the, on the back of one of those things. <laughs> but, but this, but this financial, um, at least in the space of financial giving back, I think it's an interesting phenomenon because let's take let's take the classic example where where somebody has come from a space where they haven't had much. Just so I just I just take myself for example. Coming up in the beginning, if you had said to me, uh, Pabilo, your success is based on how much money you give. If you want more money, you have to give. Mm. You have to give. It wouldn't have made any sense. I would have said, I need to get more, so why am I going to give it out, right? And um, I've, I've come to realize it's it's that sort of abundance thought, right? If you don't necessarily think you can give, you're never ever going to be in a position to receive. Mm -hmm. So the financial one is interesting because if you went back to our neighbors and we says, look, your success financially is dependent on how much you actually give, they would look at you and say, what? I need, I'm not going to give. So this is, I think it's, I think it's something which is a, is an ever evolving understanding in terms of how much you receive is, is really based on how much you give. It's as simple yeah. as that. I think, I think it's more, it's just really, and I guess I take it for more of a religious aspect of it, but it's more really how much are you willing to have faith? You see, cause I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm willing to give, I'm willing to give when they've got time. But when you're asking them to give back when it comes to financially, when they're not 100% sure how they're going to make it back, they need to then have faith to be able to say, okay, I'm going to give this. And you'll be surprised that so many times when you do give, you find that God will be able to provide a way for you to receive money or make mm. sure that during your tough times, someone else will be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You helped me out that time. Or I saw the way you helped so-and-so yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, true. So you might not yeah. understand that at that particular time. It but comes back. Around. It comes back around. I also believe in just karma and like what you put out into yeah, the world 100%. always comes back around. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's it's more blessed blessed to to give than to receive. I think we've all said it in various different formats mm. that we have greater satisfaction of giving than we do even receiving. It's nice to receive, but it's even more rewarding to give. Mm. Yeah, but another that? another thing I'll I'll just add. Uh, I think this also came from Oprah, if I believe. Um, in order for you to give, you have to first fill yourself up, all right? So, yeah. and I think along your journey, it's, it's. I mean, you, again, you, you can also give when you don't have much, but I think you're better. You're in a better position to give more to the world and have a larger impact mm -hmm. once you've kind of worked on yourself, whether it could be personal development or just, just generally speaking. So filling yourself up first is, an, is something to understand and you're I, able to I give I love more. the fact that you mentioned that, Pete, because... I think a lot of times, and this is where I wanted to sort of try and switch it, but do you also see the negative aspect of giving? And I think with what your point is, like sometimes it can be negative when you don't fill yourself up or like a lot of times you're too busy giving, giving someone your time, your energy. If you don't yeah. take time 
to reflect on yourself and recharge, you will find yourself in a low place or you'll find yourself giving just way too much. So I do like, have you guys ever thought about or um, had a situation where you gave too much? How did you deal with it? Or do you not believe that there's a, a such thing as giving too much? I think there's um, that's a great question. And I think to a certain extent, it's down to the individual to manage themselves. Because I think for me, sometimes I could be tired, but if it was a long day at work, then it's, that's a different level of tiredness than if I'm in the process of having a, a call with someone who I know really needs my help, then taking time out to help that person, even though if I'm tired at the beginning, actually gives me energy. So today actually was a prime example where I came back from from office and I had a long day at work and one of my friends actually who's thinking about changing to a new role he asked me oh can I can I spend some time just talking to you about it I don't want to get your advice mm-hmm. and honestly I was so tired today I had dinner plans which I cancelled and I thought man I don't I don't even know if, uh, if I have the energy for this but actually taking time out to go speak to him actually gave me the energy and helping him to clarify his thoughts clarify his uh, thinking gave me the energy so I think going to your question I think giving back if it's too much, it can be detrimental. But I think if you channel it the right way, then it can actually energize you back mm. instead. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was going to share something in terms of you know charity and doing things. Uh, or the three of you know, but some of the listeners may know. Some of you don't know. I did a trip last year to Zambia to Kabwe mm. uh, in um, in Zambia, two hours from the capital, and I spent ten days with complete strangers. But what was more rewarding was this trip was. Um, we had the the task of building a house for a, a woman uh, named named Catherine. I know she doesn't mind me sharing that. And Catherine was a woman uh, is a woman with four children and six grandchildren. And unfortunately, about two years ago now, she was she became a widow, and her husband was the breadwinner. And unfortunately, when he passed away, they used all their savings to bury him. Uh, with six with four children, and six grandchildren, of course, a lot of weight fell on her sho- on her on her shoulders. And the place she was currently living, the owner wanted to to you know renovate it and sell it. So she was forced to be homeless. And what the organisation do? They find people in vulnerable situations, and people of group of volunteers come and build a house. So to cut a long story short, we had seven or oh, five working days to build a house from scratch. Fortunately, this foundation was there, but it was fourteen individuals, all strangers. I didn't know any of them prior to getting to Zambia, and they were all American. And what we built was a home, but what we actually built as a group was a friendship and and a good rapport. From the first day, it was exciting. Also, for me, nervous because I didn't know who I was going to meet, etc. But also, having to work in the heat on a on a day to day basis was fun. Building a house was fun, but I tell you what was the best thing? It was the lunch times and playing with the locals. So we were in a village building a house, and children came out of nowhere, orphans. We didn't even meet their parents. They just came congregate. And these little children had such huge smiles on their face, mm. even coloring, coloring in um, crayon, um, coloring books that we brought along with crayons on a brick. And the satisfaction and happiness that were on their faces, you would not even imagine. We brought a few footballs, we'll play with them, and quickly you would have to go back to work to actually do what we we're, what were there to do. But even at lunchtime, you would have lunch at a local school, and you should see the kids waiting outside for us to finish and we come outside and they all run up to you and jump on you we play around mm. sing songs we do play with um those bubbles that you blow all sorts all sorts it was such an enriching rewarding experience that i'd encourage everyone to go on daniel we're and doing that this year I'm, right 
yeah, yeah, I'm challenging myself to do one at least one every single year. Exactly. It's that good. I don't want to take up too much time, but if you want to hear more, feel free to DM me, ask me questions. How you yeah, doing? That's true. I'm, I'm that was amazing happy. experience. I tell you what, there's been not a trip like it in my life. Nah, don't. So um, myself and Shwo have have um, had a similar experience in terms of giving back. We actually had the opportunity to. Uh, to take part in a um, giving back event in LA probably, what, two years ago? And um, the name of the um, foundation is called Hashtag Lunchbag. Definitely check it out. Uh, really cool, dope founder. And effectively what it is, is effectively you're putting together sort of lunch bags, um, sandwiches, uh, great love notes and, and sort of kind notes uh, to then hand out to the homeless. And what was interesting is kind of like a two-part fold to it because I think on one hand, you're at the restaurant, you're putting together these, these sandwiches and it's a great atmosphere, it's a great mood. And then the second part where you actually have to give it out. And it was, um, um, the, the state of homelessness in LA is, is quite, um, I'd probably say severe. So just being in that space and, and handing out, I mean, the first thing you do, probably Daniel, you can relate, is you realize first how much you have as a person, mm. how grateful you are to everything that you have. Yeah. And then, and second of all, it just spurs you on to do more because you're faced with inequality, right? There yeah. in front of you. It's that. And then you, you say to yourself, I have to do more within what I have to continue to pass on this advantage. It only feels right to do. So um, I think it's I think giving back is something that um, if if people listening haven't done enough of, should try it. Just go out there and try it and do small things. And you don't need to it's, and you don't um, need to travel as well. I think a few of the folks have spoken yeah. about doing it in LA and doing it in Africa. Um, I can just talk about myself. Um, on Saturday mornings, what I do is I coach football um, for an hour with kids. So you know, the reason why I wanted to do it is because one, it's something that brings me joy. Coaching takes me back to when I used to play football. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make it. Um, young Jay. Young, young, <laughs> young, 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 you know, young, 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 brings joy to me and then i personally love it when i deal with um kids or individual that i can see a little bit of myself in and feel like okay you can guide them outside of just the sport aspect of it but life skills um mm. to say okay have you thought about this okay you're getting angry over this sport okay how do you channel your anger into a more productive um point or area so for me, yeah, you don't need to always travel. It's giving back can be something that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, a week-to-week -week basis in your local area. So I just don't see anything negative per se, apart from making sure that you have enough energy and you're at the right space to give. Because you can't really yeah. give unless you put yourself in the right space. Usually, you know, you're right, Olu, and I think people, if you're thinking about going further afield, there are always opportunities in front of you that present themselves where you can help or just look at them. Sometimes even your workplace, I'm fortunate to work for a company where giving back and volunteering is very much part of our culture. Mm. That I volunteer and do tutoring every week for biology. I've been doing that for a number of years. I've done the HUK uh, Befriender for several years. It's many things that are on a plate. And fortunately for me that I enjoy is every hour that I do at work, I'm given something called dollars for your hours. So if I, if I volunteer 50 hours in one year, I get $5,000 not for myself, um, but to donate to a charity of my choice. So I've been doing that for, you know, the last, or I've been working six years. I do every year at least a minimum 25 to 50. 
and it's just something I love doing and it's great to work for an organization who's part of their culture and their DNA is to give and help others. Yeah, I think just building on just building on that point, Daniel, I think people may be sat there listening, thinking, okay, so how can I give back? Like there's nothing really in my life that I think is worth giving back to someone else because a lot of the things I have around me are everyday things. But I think if people really sat and reflected, a lot of the things that we take for everyday access may actually be something extraordinary for other people. So just a case of identifying what that is and seeing if there's a way to give back. So I think for me, a a big one for me personally has been giving kind of work experiences to students who may not have access to it. Because I remember when I was 15 or 16, I was growing up, eldest child of a When you say giving work experience, you're not getting like these um, people to work for you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this is like a legitimate work experience. That would be some solid resources, but they don't come and uh, work for me. Actually, the idea is that they come... They come to the company, um, mm. so I bring them from the UK or different parts of Europe, and I fly them to Switzerland. Um, so they come for the week, and they meet people from different parts of the company, from finance, from HR, from marketing, even up to the CEO of our company. And what all of these leaders do is they take time out to explain to them a bit about their role and, and about their career. Now, what I personally loved about it is when I was 15 or 16, I never had access to people who could mm. fly me to another country. I never had access yeah. to the leaders that these guys are meeting. And I always thought once I joined this company, I looked around and thought, okay, what do I have now in abundance around me that I can try and give back in a certain way to give back to the child who is similar to me at 15 or 16 who didn't get access to these opportunities. So for me personally, it's been a great journey since 2014. We've had nine kids going through the program this year. Actually, this week, I'm running it again for 2019. So I have three kids who are with me who arrived today from the UK. And what's been beautiful about it is it's just naturally grown into something a lot bigger we've had um this year we're actually rolling it out across multiple countries so this week we have it running also in kenya nigeria and oh, Ghana wow. through people that i met in novartis last year in an event and now because it's become so established we're looking to see if we can roll out the same model across other countries and other companies as well so it started off small i just looked around and thought okay what do i have access to that other people may not have identified it and then just try to connect the dots and from that if you identify that and connect it it can become a much bigger um, impact and it continues to grow and it's one of the most fulfilling things about my my role and has zero has nothing to do with my job and similar to what daniel was saying being in a company that allows you to float these ideas and go with it can really help accentuate the impact as well i'm sure i definitely commend you because i know it takes a lot of tenacity and perseverance to do what you've done for a number of years and to still be doing it successfully. So, you know, hats off to you. Keep up. Um, I think all of us, uh, I think I think it's also something that the older we get, you, we've all realized the more you give, um, it's just the impact it has is amazing. It's a multiplier effect for all of us. And not just the impact that we have on the kids, but also as a sales person, how we grow and how we become leaders also shapes us to be better as well. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's, it's, actually, it's actually the secret. It's actually the secret mm, to getting yeah. ahead. It's the secret to living. It's the secret to to a better life is the secret to a more fulfilled life is giving more. And I think, and and I will, and I'll put this out there because I, I went through this experience, right? For, and and, and I don't want to, um, I label it as growing up, let's say for example, in, in London, in North London, where it's a case of, especially mine, 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 give me, give me, give me, take, 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 mm-hmm. because I'm trying to get ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And so the- But that's not your fault. Back, it's also based on the environment. Like it's one of those environments true, that you, you're, fight, you're fighting so hard to get yourself out per se or to mm. see get some level of success 
that you don't yeah. always have the time or the the time to think about oh yeah let me help someone else so yeah it's not your fault i understand but then, but then, I, but then I question. I wonder how much, how much uh, more benefit or more fulfilled would I have been at an earlier stage if I had understood the power of giving. So it's, it's, it's. I'm challenging myself still because it's something which is a forever work in progress. Mm-mm. But for many others who perhaps haven't uh, done it so much, to really look into it and say, let me try to, to to align myself and 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 see how I can give some form of service because I, to, for a lot of us, it's very foreign. Mm-mm. It's something which. It goes against the green. I want more. Why am I going to give? It's really the secret. But can you guys give, I guess for some people that have that mentality, can you guys give examples of when you've given and you've gained like straight away? So example of when you've been able to give. Yeah. yeah, This is the thing as well. And I think this is the, this is the problem Mm. is that uh, we're the reason why I think many of us probably are trying to wrap our heads around hang on, but if I give, it means I'm not going to have time for myself, etc. It's because I think we're all looking for a immediate and direct benefit. Mm. And what I've, and what, and, and I think what's special about giving is that you've received the benefit somewhere along the line, but you didn't know it was perhaps connected to what you'd given mm. at that, a certain point that's in time. That's the key part. It comes, that's the key part, it comes yeah. in different shapes, different forms, mm. right? And so one day, you, let's say, for example, 2017, you, you gave a lot, but the but the seeds or the fruit or, or the to that was came in 2019. Mm-hmm. Right? Based so on someone that saw you, like it could be a connection that you made by giving and the person was, oh, you know what? I know P, I know Shua, I know Daniel, let me call them exactly. up. You'll be surprised exactly. how so, that happens. Yeah, trust me, sometimes they come in some bizarre, bizarre, <laughs> bizarre times. And I'm I know... I, oh. I know one of the ways and just I'm not going to go too much into the detail, but I think this is going to be good for some of the listeners. But if you're given in terms of financially given, um, there's something called gift aid. I'm not going to go too much into the detail, but I think people should actually research it because there's tax benefits from actually giving to charities through gift aid. But I'm not going to go too much into the detail. You guys can do your research. DM me, message me if you want to get more information. But I think because we talked about financially, I want people to be able to understand some of the benefits out there for giving to charities. Okay, so moving on to the next topic. So this is the the hot topic section. So we wanted to talk about, and this was a question that we actually received from one of our listeners um, who wanted to get an understanding of debt, credit cards, especially as we're all in our 20s, um, just some of the mistakes, what does credit card mean to us, debts? I think there was an article that someone put in the group chat, <laughs> if someone wants to go through that, and then we can go into the discussion. Wait, this, this cl- disclaimer alert, all of these views are our own. This is not financial <laughs> advice. So <laughs> listen at your own peril. Some yeah. things have worked for us, some things, ha- some things haven't, but this is just us sharing our views and opinions. Daniel, it's it's good that you put that disclaimer. We can't get sued now. That's a very, very important disclaimer, Daniel. Very, very important. So appreciate that. So maybe I can give a... Can I say something, please? Go ahead. So I'm 29 and I'm in 60K of... 60,000 pound worth of credit card debt. What? You? Nah, that was an article that was shit. Okay. I was about to to cut off the podcast and be like, yo, we need a one-on-one discussion. So (laughs) we need to sit down and come up with a plan to get you out of this. Jokes aside, that that is some situation, real life situation, mm. um, and it was an article that was shared on BBC. What would we say are the common things that we've done well? What we wouldn't do again, and how do we um, navigate that? I think sure, it starts gonna... with debt. I think so yeah, many I'm people don't understand what debt just... means because there's good debt and bad debt. 
like there's good debt to have and bad debts. So um, I think the example that you were talking about credit cards that falls off yeah. on the bad debt. There's now good, if the person told me they got 60K worth of debt and they say they own a property and that's the um, debt that they owe the bank on the property, I say, okay, that's good debt. So I think that's one aspect of it. People don't understand the difference between good and bad debt. So. Yeah, I think just um, just to give a bit more context as well to, to the listeners. So there was this article, as Daniel just rightly said, of the of the, the headline of a guy in his 20s who got into 60,000K worth of debt. But this is something which has completely spiraled out of control. So it just mm. started off with him doing an unpaid internship, building up credit card debt, um, just to actually impress the people that he was hanging out with. It wasn't to make investments. It wasn't even, it was beyond the day-to-day living expenses. It was literally to buy flashy gifts, holidays, etc. Now this rolled on, rolled on, rolled on. He didn't talk to his parents, didn't talk to his mom, couldn't explain the situation that he was in. And then he just moved from one job to another, got started to, started to receive even more money. And instead of the logical thing of paying down the debt, because he was around other high earners, this led to him spending more and more and more. And then being 29 years old and having 60,000 pounds worth of debt, which and is a tricky, tricky situation to be and, in. And to add, this is not his student loan debt either. This is just <laughs> purely six credit cards racked up to the max. You know, we laugh and we've been joking about it, but this is very serious because there are a lot of people that might be in the situation. And I think it says the average debt is 8,000 that people are in. And for him to be in 60K, he was basically living beyond his means. And some of it was actually due to work because he was taking out clients. Some of the drinks or rounds could be expensed. Crazy. Some couldn't. Mm-mm. So I think, I think it always boils down to what is, before you even actually um, sign up for a credit card, what is your intention? What is it you're trying mm-hmm. to use the credit card for? Because to Olu's point, if you're if you're if you're looking to get a credit card out for a capital line because you're looking to start a business, that's actually a good move to make, uh, providing that you actually do pay it down aggressively and you track um, your payments. But many, I think, in this particular instance, and that's probably the more common case, is people are too busy trying to live outside in, which is I need to get myself a credit card to, to keep up with quote unquote Joneses. I need the latest fashion designers. Yeah. And um, although. Okay, we all understand the, the the need to sort of fit in and the need to sort of um, uh, feel accepted. It's 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 having a, it's having a sort of a long term perspective on what this thing looks like. And I think with credit card, the dangerous thing is most people don't even know what the real how the, the real fee structure of their credit card are. So the annual fees, what happens if you kind of go a day or two later over, and also the real true APR. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Is first, I think the intention why you need one, and two, really understanding um, what you're actually what you actually have in your hand. It, it comes well, down I'll, to I'll education, leave. and I I, I struggle to, or I'll say the lack of education but, but, when but, it but comes Olu, to Olu, credit you, cards. You, you say, Olu, Olu, you yeah. say for education, but then one thing is, why don't we get taught this in schools? Why yeah, that's what I mean. That's the lack of education. But that's episode eight. But that's that's but Daniel, that's exactly what Daniel. That's exactly what I mean in terms of lack of education. Like in I school, do. they're not teaching yeah. you how to open a um, credit card. What are the fees, like you mentioned, or how to open a mortgage? Yeah. They don't teach you the key things that people yeah. truly need to know. I learned, yeah. luckily, I was in a position I learned about credit cards from my brothers. If I didn't have them in that position, I would have just opened up, signed up. It's so easy nowadays to even get credit cards. Um, I yeah. used, I remember the days I used to get tons of letters in the post open up this credit card, open up this credit card. And I was like, I don't even need the money. Why are you guys? or trying to push this credit yeah. card on me but people don't realize yeah. that is actually a business aspect of it so like but i think we also 
yeah, go on. No, go on. What I'm going to say is these things. So this person didn't actually, you know, he went into debt or people are in debt, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow. It's a mm. seed is planted. For example, he went into a thousand pound overdraft. He then went into his overdraft. So people might start off, you know, expanding their bank account, their current account, taking a, a debt-free or interest-free student loan overdraft. Mm. You come out of uni, the student that overdraft is still there. Mm. You get a job, you, you know, you just think, oh wait, this is actually free money. You then create a credit card. I'm not against credit cards, by the way. I'm, I'm not against it. Card. And you know, even in that story, that article that you're referring to, like yeah. his first thousand pounds, yeah. In my particular opinion, that was justified. Because I believe yeah. there's 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 certain times where getting into debt you you can't control. So if it's for health reasons, you can't control. I think in that specific example, he took the first thousand pounds out because he wanted to do a free internship. Yeah. And then by doing that free internship, it got him the job. So for me, sometimes you need to invest in yourself. So let's say if it's for education, if it's for health reasons, and you don't have family or friends around. Sometimes you do need to take out a loan or a credit card. I would yeah, say. I've, yeah, I was going to say, I, I got a credit card and my sole purpose of getting my credit card wasn't actually to improve my credit score. Although getting a credit card, having some sort of credit or debt against your name is good to help you build up your, your credit rating. But I got mine because I want to take advantage of um, receiving air miles for Virgin Atlantic. So I just, I simply went from using my debit card to using my credit card for my everyday expenses, expend, um, costs and everything, everyday purchases. And at the end of the month, pay it off in full. And that worked well for me. And it still works well for me. So but how did you learn that you needed to pay? Because I guess if we take well, a step I, back, how did because, you learn oh, about, so when did you take out your credit? I think let's go around. When did you, do? does everyone on this call have a credit card? And when did they take their first credit card out? I took my credit card out where, well, maybe five years ago. And the reason I took it out was, like I said, air miles. But the, no mm. one told me to pay it off is I don't want to live beyond my means. I didn't see my credit card as free money. I just saw it as an extension to to use as an alternative as my current account. And at the end of the month, do a direct debit and pay it all off. See, Daniel, that's smart. That's the number one. That's the one of the like most important tips. A credit card is not just some free money lying around. It's you got to see it as cash that you have. You should never use your credit card in my particular example. Um, this and this is my particular opinion. You shouldn't use your credit card unless you have the money and you could buy in full. That's my. You didn't, Oli. You didn't. You, you know when you did the cryptocurrency stuff. That was yeah. credit card. Right? Nah, that wasn't credit card. That see, that was money that I had in my bank. Oh, was it so, Woodco? Was it Woodco? No, but that's money I had in my bank. So well, people have made that mistake. There was during that time when mm. all the crypto stuff was hot. People had taken out loans but and credit cards. Again, it goes back to, to my to point. Invest. It goes back to my point. Number one, number one rule in finance and investing is never invest money that you don't have. Same yeah. number one rule for credit cards: never spend or put money on your credit card unless you have it in your bank account. That's my particular um, opinion. I thought the number one rule for investment is never, never. I never mind. I guess you don't invest, so you don't even know what rule is. I was going to say, it's never invest more than you're willing to lose. And rule number two is... Yeah, don't invest what you don't have. That's exactly the same thing. It's more than... And rule number two is... Don't forget rule number two is don't forget rule number one. But I think it's just it's just important, like the way that this guy, he must have had a traumatic experience, especially in your 20s, because that's that's the period when you're looking to potentially buy a house, you're looking to invest, and your credit rating can be extremely, mm. extremely important. So you make a false move in your 20s, and that can set you back another 10 years to get your credit rating up. I have yeah. I have very close friends um, 
and even family members who made a couple of missteps when they're in their uni years and now they're still trying to catch up now to build up um, their rating and get a solution. Now, the way that they're able to fix it, and we've had conversations about it, one, which is, this, is what this guy didn't do, is try and share it with people that you trust, share your problem and try and come to a solution together. If you're just spiraling into debt and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, speaking to someone who you know has expertise can help. And two, once your credit rating has been shot and if you're in debt, try and see if you can consolidate the debt. Try and see if you can build up some direct debits to get your credit rating back up and take these. These are two steps that I've seen tangible that has helped this person start to build up their credit rating, get back into a saving mindset and move towards purchasing, purchasing a property for, for investments. And so, a, a, few, a few other things I would add is, like Shuel said, you know, make yourself accountable, create a spreadsheet, try and consolidate all of your debts into one. Also, at the same time, there are many free tools out there to check your credit score. You know, Experian is one. Another one, you can pay for a paid subscription, which gives you more detailed credit report. Or you can get some many free ones that are out there, ClearScore, et cetera, et cetera. So always be on top and know what your credit score is. It's always good to know if there's anything affecting your credit. Even having a missed payment on your mobile, on your monthly um, phone bill can affect your credit missing any payments, direct debits can adversely affect it. Even opening a bank account can slightly um, modify your credit score. So making sure you're aware of your credit score using the very, you know, there are vast amounts of financial experts out there or even free free websites that give you information and advice, always feel free. And if you're really in the thick of it, there is hope. Speak to a qualified financial advisor. They can always offer you some help. There's always something companies are willing to do to help you because after all, they want their money. And if you explain the situation to them, then I'm sure they're going to be understanding. Mm. And guys, like, me, yeah, go on, go on, P. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I think the most, for me, what comes to mind in terms of what to watch out for, again, I think it's just simple, just, or it's it's back to the basics. Um, those looking, those in their, their sort of 20s looking to take credit cards out, just, just take 10, 15, 20 minutes to do some research before you, uh, sign up to the bank that you're with and start swiping your card mm. just to understand what are the implications when you pay for something within the country overseas mm. if you miss a payment and i think that awareness can perhaps help you to make a better decision agree but, and there's but, so but much you'll be surprised that there's just so much content and information out there i think my big thing is prevention is always better than cure i think the guys have talked about some of if you do find yourself in that situation what you should you should actually do I would say it first starts off by understanding, do you need a credit card? Now, I'm a fan of using credit cards. Obviously, it does improve your credit history. But I think the stats that I saw is like eight in 10 people are living check to check. Yeah. If you're someone that's living paycheck to paycheck, putting everything in a credit card does not make any sense. Now, if you do decide to go down the route of taking a credit card out, I always advise trying to pay off on a monthly basis. Try not to pay any interest. You'll be surprised how much interest you will have to pay on a credit card if you miss a monthly payment. So try and set a direct debit, clear out on a month to month basis. And then like P said is just do your research. There's so many people that have made mistakes, learned from it. You can just go on YouTube, search um, some information and you can see what are the rates that they're charging you. Um, how to avoid um, ridiculous charges by using your card overseas. So just be smart. Speak to people that you know might have credit cards. Don't don't keep it to yourself. 
for listeners, this was a very fun topic to discuss. If you want us to do something more in more detail, talk about another topic relating to even the different types of reward credit cards that are out there. How do we choose the ones that we're on about APR, yearly fees, etc., etc. Hit us up in the DMs, comment on this on our posts, and we'll be happy to do uh, a more thorough or focused conversation in the future episodes. That's it. So let's pass on to Shual. Book recommendation time. Okay, gentlemen. So this week's book review, we have the book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. So this is basically all about, which is very apt that we're talking about in this week's episode, why helping others drives our success. So I think all of us, we're familiar with, um, yeah, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. You've got to have a bit of luck and then some talent. And then with all of this in our working life, we'll be super successful it's like dog eat dog um if i perform really well and i outshine other people then i'll go up higher and all of this so this is kind of this old school way of thinking about how a corporate life and a successful career should be but now what adam grant has which is the importance of a fourth aspect so it's not just hard work luck and talent but really to incorporate and to live a better and bigger life he talks about the fourth critical factor which is helping to focus on bringing others along with you on the successful journey that you're going on. Now, he goes through this book and he gives cases and examples of why giving is very, very important. And it's not just a case of giving to take back. He really get, goes into detail about and examples of people in the tech industry, in sports, from politics, the ones who have really given and helped support the people around them, how they've been able to get to the top um, and have very successful careers as well now i would sad i have one quote because i think a lot of people we spend a lot of time in the office and we kind of forget how much time we spend in the office working our whole lives now one thing which i love which i think summarized his approach uh, very nicely is this couple of lines he says we spend the majority of our waking hours at work this means that what we do at work becomes a fundamental part of who we are if we reserve giver values for our personal lives what we'll be missing in our professional lives. By shifting ever so slightly in the giver direction, we may find out that our waking hours are increased with greater success, richer meaning, and more lasting impact. So I think it, it summarizes some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier today. It doesn't necessarily always have to be giving in your own personal time. We spend so much time at work, help out a colleague when you don't when you're not expecting anything in return. Yeah. If someone sends you an email, of course you need to manage your time, manage your priorities. But if someone's asking for some help and is leaning on you to, to support them a little bit, help them because eventually this has a multiplier effect. People start to build a reputation for you. Your work quality should improve as long as you're balanced and you don't stretch yourself too much. And this is the future. I think the way that I've seen it, the leaders I really am inspired by, I want to aspire to be like, are leaders who are following this uh, way of working and I think in the future this will be the model that everyone will start to approach with as well so highly recommend the book it's by Adam Grant um, it's actually funny that this book is a book that our uh, the CEO of my company he met some of the students in what I mentioned before this work experience program that I started and at the end of the meeting with the kids he actually gave him a copy of this book and it was only through that that I started to read it myself. And it's honestly an amazing book. And it's what I think leadership should be and how it's moving towards as well. No, I think, I think you shared some insights that we spoke about at the beginning. But if you could add to what we spoke about at the beginning, sure, I think you know this book ties in very nicely with what we discussed. 
I know you you know it's, you re- you read this book and you've also started what you've been doing at work a few years ago. How did this help you? Did this encourage you to continue what you're doing? Did it make you change anything? Did you adapt anything to what you're currently doing? And how did this book add value to that current the the project? Oh, I think 100%. It definitely crystallized the way that I was um, thinking already because you know you you kind of you've met those people who those people that are very like oh if 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 you scratch my back i scratch yours and they're not the type that are going to go above and beyond for you if they don't expect nothing in return and personally people like that don't really i don't really enjoy being around them i don't really enjoy learning from them and i feel like to a certain extent you're limiting yourself now if you open yourself up more um, how this book explains if you really give without the expectation of getting anything in return people want to work towards you people want to yeah. spend time with you and it opens up a completely different network and you're surrounded by the people that you would want to be around as well um, and yeah honestly it, I think Daniel going to your question it kind of crystallized the path that I'm on personally in the journey that I've been on and it actually it pushed me to want to even give back even more and if there's any other aspect of my life that I can try and give then just just be open no, it's yeah. it's um just just no it's it's um sure everything you're saying is is literally gold i just two things to add one um what i've noticed and sure i think you can also echo the similar point is that as soon as you any form of giving back um because i i guess, I guess and i it's not really the norm it's not something you see perhaps on a day-to-day basis it's really taken notice by other people around so i remember once my um managing my previous position he said to me he just kept on saying to me oh i noticed the things that you're doing with the younger uh, talents when i was your age i was just thinking about myself so I, it's something which does stand out to others and people do recognize as, as a very very attractive and um key trait the second thing i wanted to mention was when this whole space of of giving um there was an interview with will smith i think it was on rap radar and he says something the interview was probably an hour and a half long and the one thing that stuck out for me was that he says I have been, I've, I've made a ton of money, I've made so many movies, etc., and I've driven so many cars, but the one time, or the times when I've been the most happiest, which exceeds all those situations, is when I've been useful to others. Mm. Every other time yeah. does not come close to that feeling. Man, that's what life's all about, isn't it? That's when we feel the most happiest when we do in the service of others. And nothing actually makes me personally happier than seeing other people go on and achieve some amazing things. Like I think, Pete, you've mentioned we joined the company through an internship program and then we've seen um, other interns come through, become permanent employees and then go on to have amazing, successful careers. And that's been very great to see just from the outsider's perspective. So now I fully agree, Pete. No, great. No, thanks, Shual. Really appreciate it. So can you repeat the book one more time so the listeners will also put it in the comment section as well? So, so the book is called Give and Take by Adam Grant. We're actually going to do a competition. I say we. I haven't checked this with you guys beforehand. But... Shual was doing a competition. <laughs> when you listen to this episode, I want, us, I want you, the listeners, to tag us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast, and we will pick one winner and then we will post to you anywhere in the world anywhere in the world a copy of this book so yeah i hope you hope you enjoy it get your, actually you don't need to get yourself a copy just tag yourselves in our stories and we'll send you one copy anyway so yeah for the folks that don't win you do need to get your own copy because we're only sending yeah, you yeah. one <laughs> i don't want a thousand people hitting us up for but, but no <laughs> no i appreciate it thanks
So thank you everyone for listening to the episode. We hope you found it enriching, enlightening, and fulfilling. If you have any feedback, please hit us up in the DMs. Find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. And if you don't have Instagram, you can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week. Peace. Wow. Take off.